what a wanker, what a wanker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, I should never have told you I bought the new gilet, shouldn't I? Uh, I hope that doesn't make it. Anyway, hello hey. and welcome to The Game is About Glory. I'm your host, Tim Sherwood, and joining me tonight are... <laughs> Oh, Ricky and Milo. Hello, chaps. Hi, uh, hi Tim. Hello. Pleased to be with you. Hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's all good. And uh, just because of that, I'm going to sing for you now. We're Sergeant Angie's Tottenham Hearts Club Band. We know that you'll enjoy the show. Come on, lads. Are you going to join me? No. No, no one's going belly. for that. Is this no, a weekly it, feature? It, what, me singing? Yeah, it's just a, a poor a, old a Milo. An, a new like, Ange song every week. Yeah, sung song by Tim week. Sherwood's impersonator with Milo thinking, Christ, will he go on holiday again? Anyway, look... <laughs> I would carry on singing, but I have respect for for, for my colleagues. But uh, look, <laughs> sit back and let the evening go indeed with this lot. I mean, it's so exciting. It is wonderful to be here. Uh, we've been talking about a revolution on this pod for a short while now. And we've seen that further justified yet again in yesterday's Helter Skelter 2-1. 2-1 win against Sheffield United at the lane, at White Hart Lane. Isn't that right, Milo? It's White Hart Lane, isn't it? It is White Hart Lane, Steph. Yes. yes I, I won't even pun it by saying it's white hot lane these days. I, I won't say that. Uh, you could even say that after United went ahead in the 71st minute, we got to the bottom and we got back to the top of the slide, turned it around. Oh, I'll stop there, shall I, chaps? So you know I, what? It, I can so help you excited. out here, Steph. So at, at the final whistle, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we knew that all we needed is love. Ah, wonderful wonderful he's on the he's on the board and ricky's just looking at us like come on let's just get on with it come on (laughs) look we will later on be looking back at the week that was in our premier league squad list among a few other things but there is nowhere else to start than with our record-breaking latest ever 99th minute and 53rd second win in premier league history that's it's it's the it's i don't think any other game has been won as late in the premier league we broke our own record so the, the previous Brilliant. one was, yeah, Leicester last season was the latest oh. turnaround and win ever. And yeah, we've broken, broken, our, broken our own record by a few minutes. I mean, it's not a record I want us to keep beating, you know, as, as good as it was. I think um, I, I, I'm, I'm enjoying this, but I think I'm looking forward to, you know, kind of just easy wins, really. Let's... <laughs> I think it's, well, it's probably because of the added time rule changing, let's face it. It is. It yeah, is we're going to be yeah. getting into that for sure. There's no doubt. But um, I, I, look, I, I could sing this whole pod. So um, Milo, <laughs> maybe you so, should, maybe you should just take on for a minute and get this back All to right. a normal so, state of euphoria. Uh, what, what, what I should say is I got a couple of messages on Twitter last night from listeners saying, Steph's going to be singing, isn't he? <laughs> two yeah. different really? people two different people contacted me last yeah. night saying he's going to be singing isn't he I was like well not if I can get to the mute button first um, oh god those fivers in the post really do work Good they weren't, they weren't great. I did say have you got any requests and um, they slept on it this morning and said no that's a bad idea so <laughs> well hopefully I'll get 250 back from each of them then <laughs> anyway <laughs> Um, so, so anyway, what do we think of the team selection? It was unchanged. What do we think of the unchanged team selection? Um, you, I don't know the cliches. Why change a winning team? Uh, it's their shirt to lose. Um, you wouldn't change it not after the last game, no. 
Yeah, Steph, I, you weren't here, you no. weren't here to talk about it last week. So, well, you know, you were the week <laughs> before, weren't you? Yeah, no, I you was. Were. I was. No, look, I mean, if it's working, it's working. Yeah, everyone seems very happy. Yeah. Even yeah, so, yes, I, yeah. I, it was, it was, I was, I was excited by the team that he put out, as I have been for the last few games. Yeah, yeah. I would say, should we just speed through the first ninety minutes because? Not a lot happened, and we can cover that pretty quickly, and then we can get on to the kind of final 16 minutes or yeah. kind of regulation 12 minutes of added time yeah. and and get on with that. So for the first 90, how did we play? What did you think of the performance? You want to go first, Ricky? Because well, obviously uh, I, I... I mean, we're going to speed through it, and I think that's because... I think, I think to be honest, I think for the first 10 minutes, we did spend a little bit of time getting up to speed, and we have done that in some other games. But um, I think the rest of it was pretty much as we've been playing before. We've been, you know playing on the front yeah. foot we start putting the pressure on them we're very open well we're playing with open minds now we're not playing you know we're not playing the easy passes we're playing progressive passes all the time looking for whether it's down the left down the right i think the three in the middle were very good against uh basuma and madison um yeah and defense looking as solid as ever really yeah, I mean, I, I, I've got to be honest. I think it's Sheffield United came out with a very, very set tactic. They sat low, they blocked, they really did. That one thing I noticed, and, and Milo, you watch these things a little, a little more detailed than I do, but I, I picked up in the first ten minutes that they really did make sure that Udoji and uh, and and Poro could not, you know, kind of rampage forward in quite the way they were. I mean, that's what a low block, I guess, does to, to you know, to our play. So I, th- I just seemed that we were very much feeling our way through exactly how things were going to play out and and then slowly but surely i thought we we, we got a grip I and mean, i once we got the grip a grip it was a case of how is it going to happen and one thing i have to say and i don't know if i'm jumping the gun here i never doubted that it was going to happen i, I just are, didn't you are jumping the gun so we'll come back to that because i think okay. there is actually okay. a question on that yeah i mean uh, i think i think i think you know sheffield united came when they're defending, they're going kind of man on man on us. But what what we've seen against most most opponents so far this season is that they've been going man to man and pressing. So we've had two forwards pressing on the two centre backs and so on. Sheffield United were dropping off, but still going man for man yeah. and closing off those passing lanes. And it, it it was I think we did struggle a little bit with it in the beginning. But I think one of the things that we've seen, yeah, Man United is a great example of this, where we start moving it around and we start moving players' positions, and um, the, the the fullbacks go yes. wide and the 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 eights drop, drop into those spaces. And it starts pulling players out of positions. And I think it's the movement, which is something that we've really lacked over the last few years. There's always a pass on and, and we just find a way through. And I mean, this is going to kind of blur into the kind of next question about kind of Sheffield United's tactics and how we dealt with that. And I think, you know, as we, you know, we're, we're a good team now and this is kind of standard practice for any you know, mid table or below team coming up against a good team yeah. is that they try and frustrate, they t- waste time, they, they sit deep and it's very, very difficult when you've got, um, you know, eight men or more in the middle of a, a field, in the middle of the, uh, goal to try and find a way through it. And uh, I think, you know, I mean, I how think, do you, th- how do you think we dealt with that? How, 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 I, what were your feelings I was, about that? I was very impressed and look, let it not be said that we had an array of particularly blinding chances. Mm-hmm. But we created chances, several of which you would have expected on another day. Uh, uh, you know, the likes of mm-hmm. uh, Madison to have put on to put on target or on frame with a little more venom, perhaps. So we did create chances, and we were constantly creating. We were constantly, as you say, pulling people left and right with the movement. And I just sensed this. Uh, I sensed a belief and a courage. Well, courage is the wrong word. I sensed just a belief 
it's just they are so invested in in the way they're playing that they don't doubt mm. themselves. I didn't ever doubt that they doubted themselves. <laughs> didn't ever doubt that, that they doubted themselves. Does that make sense? You know what I'm saying? I didn't yeah, I feel didn't, they yeah. doubted themselves. No. I know it was probably a bit messy, but, but I didn't feel they doubted themselves. And, and I, 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 I thought we actually handled it very well. It was a, probably thinking back to those potch games where yeah. we used to deal with this. Yeah. I thought we really dealt with it far better than I've seen us deal with it for, I, for, for, I, I, was for gonna, I can't remember. I, I was going to make exactly the same point because that was probably the last time that we saw this opponents do this against us regularly. Hmm. And I, you know, my recollection of those potch games is we really struggled to find our way through. And what we were prone Absolutely. to doing was just passing the ball across the front of a goal, mm. waiting yes. for an opening that never came. And yeah. I think, I think what we're, it's almost like we're playing in 3D now. So rather than kind of yes. 2D D across the box, yeah. you've got players dropping deep. You know, I mean, Madison's just the best at this, like dropping deep and pulling a player with him. And then there's a pocket behind and someone goes in and takes advantage. Mm. And I'm sure some of this is just, you know, evolution of, of tactics, football tactics now. And, you know, we're just better at trying to create and find space. But I thought this was, you know, markedly better than we were doing yeah. last time we came up against it, regularly came up against these I mean, kind of tactics. I mean, I think that, I mean, the word that we're always using, I mean, even Potts used to use this. And I think Ange says, we're just, we're just braver than we used to be. Mm-hmm. That's what I think we do. And it's when it comes to like, um, and to break these teams down, when it comes to the percentage balls, we've for the last few seasons, we've just played those really high percentage balls that are just easy, easy to hit. It's the obvious ball. And, and, and the thing that's wrong with the obvious ball is it's bloody obvious, isn't it? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's, it's hence, it's easy to defend against and it's easier for them to get their shape correct and that kind of thing. When I think like what you're saying, Milo, is we're, we're kind of playing more in like, if you look up the field, in like W shapes, you know what I mean? We're playing yeah, yeah, yeah. in well, out yeah. and that we, kind of thing abso- rather than abso- across. Lateral. Absolutely. I mean, look, I mean, Udoji and, and, and Poro are, are just so important. There's no no denying that. But then I look at, and Madison, as we've, talk, we've talked about so much and, and we'll do again on this pod. I mean, Saar and Bisuma are just incredible. They keep coming at you. I mean, Saar is relentless. He's just always moving, always carrying, always. He's just every, you know, you never get a break from him. And then Bisuma's dynamism. I mean, you talk about darting into spaces bringing people and then people moving off you. It's such an extra dimension. I mean, you talk about the W thing there, and I, I agree. I think Basuma and Saar have been so intrinsic to that. I mean, what what, what on earth did it? Well, I, look, I suppose that he wasn't Conti's type of player, wasn't that type of I, style, but I mean, goodness gracious, he had, a, I thought he had a great game yesterday. I mean, I remember, I remember talking about it on here last year and I mean my theory was that he just wasn't very well suited to the automations and that yeah kind of very rigid way of, very rigid way of playing didn't suit yes, him and yeah. um you know and I think it's down to that and I think Conte just likes players he can drill, drill routines into and they carry them out to the letter and you know that's not Basuma um yeah, Dembele-esque, I, you know, do you think? Is he? Do you think he's Dembele-esque? I think he's a little I mean, more than that. To I, mean, be I, honest, think, but... I, I think we end up saying that every week, don't we? I think that's. Uh, I think Ram's got copyright on that. Actually, we've probably got to. We've got to probably pay him now. Um, <laughs> but, but so, but don't you think he's got a little more than Musa? He, even he, he's got a little he, extra spark in that he, final like thirty yards. Of, uh, it, you know. He's. I mean, the role they're playing is very similar. You know, he's starting deep and carrying the ball. And, uh, you know, he's nigh on impossible to get the ball off when he does that. Oh. I think, I, th- I think probably, you know, he's receiving the ball deep and taking it on the turn is probably a little bit better, maybe. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think he's, I mean, he's, he's doing really well. I'd be interested to see 
you know, I, I do look at this team and think, you know, how could you improve it? You know, if you were going into the market in January or next summer, how do you improve this? And I do think that Basuma's passing isn't the best. And I think maybe if Basuma was playing at eight and we had a, a, a six in who was could do everything that he can do and pass the ball as well, and you know we've got a spare two hundred million in uh, in the bank to pay for it, then then that would improve us. So you know Solomon, I think is probably the other position I where mean, clearly you I, could you could improve. Um, but you know it's great, it's great at the moment, and there's a really nice balance to that midfield. Yeah, it definitely is. I can't really think of anyone a bit like with some of those qualities Bazuma got that could sit into that. In other words, if off the top of my head, who we might buy because he really is physically just kind of he just holds people off easy and he mm. can like get away from people easy. I think maybe compared to Ben Bailey, maybe he's in a straight line. He's a bit like when he had that burst when he burst through the box and yeah. had the shot. Um, that's probably a bit quicker than Ben Bailey, <laughs> but it's not much in it. I mean, we, what we should be lucky about is we kind of went on for ages about oh well we can't replace Ben Bailey because no one's like him but we've got someone that's quite close to him so well, so you know that's, that's a good yeah. thing you know and look this is uh my weekly uh sort of i'm now fully convinced by our number one uh comment um uh, you know again vicario made what i thought was a really important save at a really important time um mm. you know he just and he's just he's such a heartbeat of, of, of that of that back uh, that, that defense i mean he really is his personality is immense but you're, going, but you're going off topic because that's not what we're, where we were at the moment. We were talking about oh, Sheffield, Sheffield United's tactics and how we were dealing with them. Oh, and, God, yes. Uh, um, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so you know, do you think, given that we're going to come up against this more often, do you think we need to alter anything? Or do you think, you know, in order to try and get through these teams, or do you think, you know, on another day we would have scored three during normal time and it, it just doesn't matter? Well, We'd have got a penalty, I think, in any other day. We'll come back uh, to that as well. At, we'll come back yeah, to we that will, as well. Yeah. Okay, but I mean, to, to, okay. Well, to answer your question without details, I don't think we need to alter our approach. I thought that everything. Uh, look, at the time was a little tighter than we've been comfortable. On another day, that's that's you know we've put two of those chances away in the first half for me, and yeah, the game think, is done. I think we're still in the in the kind of vicinity of just keep doing plan A and keep trying to do it better, right, as they say. Yeah. So, yeah. We want to talk well, about their tactics. Well, let's let's come back to that as well because we'll talk about we'll talk about the ref and we'll start yeah maybe with a positive in terms of you know, obviously they you know, part of their tactics was wasting time and you know they wasted a lot through normal time and as a result of that we got kind of twelve minutes of of added time. How do you, how do you feel about this kind of this new interpretation of the rule this this year? Because obviously during the game the players were getting really frustrated with uh, Sheffield United's time wasting. The fans were getting very frustrated with it, but actually it didn't do them any good, did it? It no, didn't do them any not benefit. At all. So I mean, look, you know, is this is this the right approach, or or should we just be booking <laughs> keepers when they're taking their gloves off to scratch their ass before taking a goal kick or whatever else was going well, I don't on. Know what, I don't know what Heckebottom was on about, really, because he's, I think they got away with several yesterday, mm. actually, and particularly that moment when he was readjusting his gloves and so on and so forth. That's a second yellow card for time-wasting, and the ref didn't didn't do him. I mean, it's like, you know, which is whatever. I, I mean, think I, 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 in a rather ridiculous way, I think he kind of bought himself a bit of immunity by getting that yellow card the, in the, the first half of handling out yeah. the thing because it was almost yeah. like, well, I can't give you that second one for something as right. silly as time-wasting. But right. but like you say, rules are rules. So you should... Yeah, I you mean, know. look, I, I, th- I think the referee... Uh, I, I think, first of all, it's very, diff- it's very difficult to referee games like that where the other team have obviously come to stretch every rule to its maximum interpretation within, you know, 95 to 100 minutes. So I think it's a hard game to ref. I think he probably gave out 
cards a little I think he made a rod for his own back in the sense of when you give out what he gave out over 10 cards in that game yeah and, and then he didn't give a second yellow so he was a little inconsistent but the one thing he got right this ref and let's not and let's let's not beat around the bush he added the time that was that should have been added but but I mean but and uh, you know do, do we do we think that do do we think that adding this amount of time though is going to have the desired effects and it will cut out this time wasting or do you think teams will still do it on the basis that it's inconsistent and to how only this if, time is added? Only if we continue to speak positively about referees who do add the amount of time that is wasted onto the end of games. If the narrative is that the ref's fucked up and he's got it all wrong and he's a dickhead and he hasn't done anything right, then it gets lost. But essentially, Peter Banks did exactly what should have been done by the new rules. You want a time but, waste? I'm going to add it on, and he did. Yeah, I, good. Mean, I, w- I would I would counter that by saying that we always kind of moan that maybe you shouldn't keep having a go at the ref like on the pitch. But I would actually say that what might have happened on Saturday is we certainly had word in his ear constantly about the time wasting. And in the first half, he didn't add enough on. Yeah. And I got so, a feeling no. that we talked about him quite a lot at half time and that might have given us an extra. Yeah. Well, I mean, all I, of a sudden I, we had 12 in the second half. I, so, you know, I, I re rewatched the game today. I rewatched the game today and there's a bit where Madison is talking to him and he, he points to his watch and yeah. says, I'm, I'm adding it on. So, I think that yeah, I think that's definitely the case. Um, Good. So, so while we're talking about just about kind of that time wasting and mm. what have you, I think we probably all should, should say that um, Wes Fodderingham, the uh, Sheffield United goalkeeper, was subjected to racist abuse on social media last night by by Spurs fans. And you know, Sheffield United, I would say Fodderingham himself made a comment about it. Sheffield United did, and Spurs have as well. Spurs have said that. Um, you know, if they can identify who's done it, then they're going to be banned from the from the ground, banned from the from attending games. I mean, and so I know you all support this. It's just it's just tiresome that you know it almost feels to me that this kind of takes the shine. When I saw this this morning, it took the shine off of the result almost for a bit, and it's just a shame that kind of these meatheads attach themselves to you know some of these meatheads have attached themselves to our club however small however small but i mean it's yeah, just it's the, one's too many it's the sad unacceptable and inevitable explosion of of faceless idiots who pop up on the internet and feel that they can get away with saying this and we say this all the time don't we it's 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 unacceptable in life and society it's unacceptable in football i mean i mean is, I mean, is there any more to say i mean i think I mean, we're all in agreement yeah the annoying thing is the reason for doing any of this kind of thing it just gets lower and lower this the chap playing in golf for them is just playing to the to the tactics yes. that his managers decide it's fucking annoying yes but it's a game of football and Sheffield yeah. United probably think they're going. that's the best way of them winning the game and, yeah. they're, they're, and they're probably right because yes. if you look at what happened yeah. with Burnley like two weeks before who tried to play against us and we ripped them to pieces well, so you know it's they you know, they haven't got a lot of money to spend they haven't got a really big team obviously every is point it. is worth a fortune to them you know in terms of staying up is winning is winning the league winning the Champions League to them isn't it because yeah. what it means to the club and you know they don't they can't compete on an equal footing so they have to do this kind of stuff yeah you've made look you've you've i think you've made this point before i think you might have made it last year in relation to a side that came in and sort of did this uh to us uh, uh, but it's absolutely right sheffield united played a game plan it's not a game plan i want us to play no but it is a game plan and and you're well i'm just sort of echoing what you, what you've both said i actually had no real anger towards Sheffield United during the game. I was frustrated. I was sort of kerfuffling a little bit, especially with the glove thing really did get me. But at the end of the day, as you said, they're trying to well get a point. And it's and it's one one area of the game, three. I was reliant on the referee. Yep. 
to add the time. I was hopeful. And so if you, you know, just uh, dialectic thinking, two things can be right. Peter Banks wasn't necessarily great, but he also got it right. He did. He added the time. So, yeah, no, and, and, and at the I end th- of the day, when you look at the facts, it all bore out as it should have. And uh, look, the only bit that really puts a blemish on it is Heckenbottom then turning around and saying there's a, a sort of insinuating some conspiracy. Would, well, Paul, I, I think if you he, play those tactics and you know the rules, you have to know how it's going to turn out. I, I think he's, turn po- out. I think he's, he, he's just making excuses and protecting his players, isn't he? <laughs> but he was trying to say that um, Fodringham was he had to be uh, he had to take his time because we had altered our tactics to count to theirs so that he needed to work out where there was a free man and it's bullshit basically i mean well no i mean he had a point in it in terms of i think for fodderingham in the second half especially the weight of clearance you put is very reliant on how tight your glove is actually on your hand (laughs) so it's important to alter the pressure of that velcro strap to get the right weight on the punt right so i mean like it's ludicrous isn't it (laughs) I, th- I think I think the re- the ref did annoy me more than they did, to be honest, and that might have been because of the um, stop starting nature of the game, yeah. where we're obviously trying yeah. to get into some kind of pattern and some kind of flow. And mm. yeah, although I would a little caveat for the ref is, is we aren't when there's like the whole kind of time wasting going on and the penalty shouts and you know, the ref decisions, and we're not happy with it. We do get noisy at that stadium, don't we? And mm. I think sometimes, like when I'm watching it on the telly. And I think the ref gets caught up in a bit of that because it really is a cauldron in there. And um, I think good. That's that that's affect- the idea. Good. I mean, well, that's why the that's idea. The home as advantage. As, <laughs> yeah, but as, as long as the ref can keep his mind level and he's he's kind of you know yeah. without without yeah, being I a mean, bit kind of crazed by it all because um, we are noisy. Should, is, I mean, Steph's back, Steph's back. Should we give him a, a returning present and let him have a little moan about the ref? Because you know, it's. It, but it's tough for me to have a moan about. I mean, look, the, I, was, I, I mean, okay, I actually, okay. as you said, so as I'll, you give, heard, I'll give you, I'll give you a couple. Decisions. You can talk about the penalty decision, and okay, I know, okay. I know, you'd love to talk about the drop balls as well. Well, uh, the drop balls, <laughs> uh, the drop balls confuse me. Let's go to the drop balls first, and I'll ask you both because I couldn't figure it out. Obviously, I wasn't at the game; I was watching on on live on television, like many people were. It looked to me like two of those live balls came punted out from the park lane. Am I right? From our own uh, supporters. Yeah, so the second one, we were taking a corner, weren't we, when it came in? And then basically right. we we lost the advantage. I think we even had possession at the point where the ball yes, came on. And then, yeah. and then they gave a, yes. he gave a drop ball to, to right. their keeper to, to punt yeah. upfield. So, right. so, yeah, I mean, odd, I, I can't, I, I can't, yeah, but again, you know, this is all, sorry, folks, I, I just told these two that I've been really into Eckhart Tolle recently. And if you don't know who he is, you might want to look him up or you might not. But sort of into this whole, okay, well, what can you control? We can control that situation. Wanker in the park lane who kicked ball back into the play while we're taking a corner. Don't fucking do it, you numpty. And then maybe we don't force the referee into this sort of weird decision of a drop ball. I mean, he had a couple of them. There was another one where Fodderingham Mm. took a kick. and I think he was getting pressured. I've forgotten who was pressuring him. And then... I think it might have been Richie. We had possession and then he kind of killed the play. He booked, uh, he didn't book Fodderingham. He just gave the ball back to Fodderingham and said, you can have it again. And I was sort of like, what? What's going on here? Anyway, yes, I, I th- that whole multi-ball thing was odd. And, but I do think don't kick balls back into play from the stands. The penalty of Madison, real time, I thought I thought Madison tried to buy it. I thought he tried to buy it on the replay. It was only when I saw the penalty that was given against us at Brentford compared to the one we didn't get yesterday, that I started to think, you know, have to be consistent here. And and that is a penalty. In context of the game, 
uh, you know, I, I can see why he didn't give it. it. He he was stood behind as well. So yeah. kind of watching it again today, he's um, kind of halfway into their half, pretty central to the goal. So he's he's behind as it happens. So it's probably not the best position to see it. I mean, I, what I, I would thought, ask. Sorry, go on. I was going to say, I think it was a penalty, but the same as I thought yeah. the, the the Sun one was. But you know, you talk about consistency. I mean, this is where the issue comes with consistency. I think. I think you can only. It's only realistic to expect for consistency within a game, because game to game, you've got different people I seeing agree. it from different yes. positions. And I think both of them. You know, in terms of VAR, people are moan about VAR with with both of these. Um, the first one. Well, I was about to ask you your take on that, actually, because so, VAR should surely see that. No, because the VAR, VAR isn't really refereeing the game. So, and this is where we miss out on not having being able to hear the audio. But the mm. the first one. So, if we go back to um, the sunny one earlier in mm. the season, the ref gives that one, and yeah, I think most people thought it was soft. But the ref's given it. There isn't enough wrong with it for VAR to overturn it. But if he hadn't given it, VAR never would have given it. And I think this is exactly the same. Yeah. There wasn't enough wrong in it for VAR to give it. But if the if the ref had given it, VAR wouldn't have overturned it. And yeah. and it's I think in that grey so, zone. So, so so I think there is consistency there. It's just frustrating in that you've got different outcomes. If that makes sense. I mean, f- yeah. yeah, no, it does. I mean, for what it's worth, I wouldn't have given a penalty at, at the time yesterday, and I wouldn't have given the penalty against Sun either. So my own consistency is fairly. I feel fairly uh, good about that. The other the other penalty that I will ask you both about is, and and, and I wondered about this is when Sunny was bursting into the box in the second half, and there's two defenders on him, and one of them clearly clearly leans across him with no intention to play the ball, and kind of wraps around him, and then Sunny goes down between the pair of them. What do you what do you think of that? Again, that's contact I, in the box. I, I really. I watched I rewatched it today several times and I think yeah. Sonny's I think Sonny's lost balance before he goes into it so I think he's already on the okay. way down before the contacts there yeah. um okay. there was one on Solomon I think just before that which I thought was a better claim um and he got but, shoved in the back yeah but I don't think any of them were clear cut particularly yeah yeah. That's yeah. There were no so. I mean, again, given the nature of the game that was being played, and given the fact that Peter Banks was already getting hammered left and right, it seemed by everyone and everything. I mean, sorry to disappoint you. I, he did. I saw someone describe it as one of the first, worst refereeing yeah. performances they'd seen in four decades. I, I, I could think of many that have annoyed me more than that. It was just uh, a frustrating. In, in the I, last I, week, I, probably. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think I, it was probably. I, the number of cards he gave out, people were kind of quite amazed by because yeah. it wasn't. It was only but, when Tom Davis come on when it was a bad tackle, reasonably bad tackle, yeah. wasn't it? But most it was of the a scissor tackle. Yes, yeah, that was the only one really. So you yeah. must have been delighted but, to see him pop up at Sheffield United because I know he's a, a real favourite of yours. <laughs> what the page boy? No, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, see, I always I think he looks he like he there. should be running on. He looks like he should be running on the pitch with like one of those medieval sack costumes and a loot <laughs> strapped to him. I always think that, and I we, hear loot music whenever he runs on the pitch. You ought to be careful. Sorry about you that. Know, we're still being linked with Conor Gallagher, who, who doesn't have an entirely dissimilar look, does he? So he doesn't. <laughs> but if he gets that scruffy beard, does, does Tom does Davis have like a little string for a hairband? Am I mistaken in, in seeing that? A little bit of rope, maybe. You've had your gift. You're not having you're about <laughs> moaning about the ref. You're not having a uh, hair discussion as well. So just just briefly while we are talking about the ref, the, the, yeah. we, the handball on the edge of the area. One of the things that actually just to kind of tie into the conversation we were just having about um, the penalties. It, it was a point I thought to make about uh, you know with that sunny penalty earlier in the season, in, in that the punishment of the penalty almost seems disproportionate to the, to the 
um, to the yeah. to the to the offense because the chances of um, them scoring from that position are minimal, and then you get a penalty for it, and it's you know eighty percent, ninety percent chance of you scoring. So the punishment doesn't really fit the crime. And I thought actually with the handball yesterday, that was the opposite of that because he, you know it was just a smidge outside the area. Decky was going to get the ball. He's very very good from that area, but a free kick from that position is virtually useless because you're too close to actually do anything with it, really. And, I, I, yeah, it's just a bugbear of mine in, in the, yeah. you know, the kind of... I, but you, you made a very good... I'll, I'll ask you this question. Um, well, I'll give you my opinion and then ask you if you agree. It's probably the better <laughs> way of putting it. Yeah, I thought the yellow card was the, was the right thing to do. Yeah, I don't, no, I don't think choice. he should have been sent yeah. off for that. And, and people said, like, you know, well, if you handle outside the box, it's a red card. Well, as I understand it, a, a red card outside the box for a keeper is only if he denies a clear goal-scoring opportunity. Yeah, and again, yeah, I, mean, not, if, I thought it was a very... I thought it was fair enough. Yeah, I mean, if, if Decky was rushing through on goal, he was the last person. Yeah. He charged out of the area, handled the ball and took Decky yeah. Flying with it, then yeah, of yeah. course. But yeah, I mean, I think I don't. It was really always to... cheeky, wasn't it? What he did, it was almost like he forgot that there's I mean, sixty two thousand people watching think... and a whole ton of cameras, and he thought, well, if I just flick my hand out, maybe I can flick but it. Thing... It, was, it was quite funny, actually. I thought but the thing was, he was still trying to get rid of the ball when he had then sort of flicked it back into his area. When at that point, he could have like legally just yeah. held it. But and, it was almost he knew and... he'd done wrong, and he got all panicky. Yeah, he did. <laughs> It was very. I thought I actually started laughing. It was quite a funny little passage of play. It was like, "What? This is a comedy." And I think you've got to be careful what you wish for because if they'd gone down to ten men on the edge of half time, absolutely, they would have taken off a forward, brought on a goalkeeper, yes. and not moved. You know, then it really would have been everyone yeah. camped out on the edge it's of their box. So it would have funny been. you say that because I was pr- that was my biggest concern of all the bookings is Christ. If he actually sends one of them off in at a significant, you know, with significant time to go, this is going to be the fourth and fifth wall to break, not just what we're currently struggling against. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't agree more. Wow, we're in we're, we're, we're in total agreement so far. Sorry, Ricky. I'm sorry, <laughs> <laughs> Other than my singing at the beginning, but, is <laughs> but you sing any, when you're I winning. Think, I don't. I don't think any reasonable person would uh, would support you on that. Um, do you want to? Do you want to pick up and take on the kind of the interesting part of the game <laughs> after normal time? Uh, after normal time, I think. Well, I think one of the things that really plays into that uh, surely is um, Angie's substitutions. I mean, I think this mm-hmm. is a very good moment to bring those in. Uh, I'll just I'll posit, if I may, that uh, what Ange said um, post-match about the timing of the substitutions was really intriguing to me. And uh, because I think like all of us, we thought, well, he's going to have to make some changes here. I think some people were getting a little frustrated at how long it was taking, but um, he had rationale behind it, didn't he? Well, yeah, he said he knew that about the added time. So presumably they were yeah. talking to the fourth official and the fourth official had said, yeah. Yeah. don't worry about this. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think I think his subs all season have been pretty good, and you can't argue yes. with you know he, he brings on Richie and he's you know he, he scores ones and sets one up, um, you know, and actually all of the subs played a part in in that. Yes, they did. But the other thing that really struck me was that say bringing on Hoybier for Van der Ven mm-hmm. um, in was that the fourth minute of added time? I think it was. And I, I was thinking back to last season against Milan when Conte took off San, uh, took off Decky and brought on Sanchez with seven minutes to go when we needed was, a goal. You needed a goal to stay in into it, um, and, and we're all scrambling trying to justify why he did it. And we're reaching so far uh, that our arms are twice as long as our bodies. It was unbelievable. Yeah, I uh, remember. But, it. You know, just kind of contrasting their approaches, and I mean, Hoybier effectively played at played at centre back, but you know, obviously a very very good 
long range passing. You know, that's, that's what he's good at. And, you know, at that point in the game, probably, you know, makes sense. But yeah, I, I thought he was, he was bold. He, he went for it and, I mean, basically, at the moment, the man can't do anything wrong, can he? He's got, yeah, you know, he's got the yeah, Midas touch. Everything think, he touches just turns right. He makes a sub; it happens. You know, I think, I think everyone's so bought into it. Everyone believes in him so much that it just well, works. Credit to Pierre, right? Uh, who is a player? I think we all uh, agreed. You know, if you could get the money for him, you'd take it. And thanks very much. But mm-hmm. it's time. I personally viewed him as part of the past to management management uh permanent management situations and thus by proxy didn't really believe in him uh, his ability to knuckle down and do anything for us uh, but he i thought his his cameo yesterday was an ex- an example of a player that's fully bought in to what's going on the Pierre of old would have been quite conservative, I think, even in those minutes. But he was constantly looking forwards, constantly looking for the progressive pass and constantly looking yes. to win the game. I, I I, didn't think he had it in him. Even a few weeks ago, he I, came on and he started playing a bit reverse. So, yeah, you know, so I, it's I, changed. I, I, I mean, I disagree with you. I think he's been pretty good when he's come on. I think the Man United game, he had, he had one bad pass. And I think that's the one we kind of latched onto. But I think he did. I think he's been quite useful to help see out games. I think he's probably just a player who does what managers ask him to do. And that's, you know, he's followed well, orders. Fair play to him. You know, I, I, I still think it's probably best that he moves on and we bring in someone oh, yeah. else. But, but he's, he's definitely got a role to play, you know, at least until January, As he possibly, did yesterday. possibly the whole season. And I think, yeah. you know, we were talking last week about the African Cup of Nations. He could be really useful during the African Cup of Nations. Oh, no doubt. And, and Rick, Ricky, why don't we, you've been very patient. We're both so excited here about everything. I mean, talk yeah, about I, Pierre, but also will you bring us into Perisic as well? I'm sure you've got some things to say about, about um, his cameo. Yes, circling back to the kind of progressing passing, I was saying earlier, and just having the comments too, that it was a perfect example in the goal that won it because you doggy won it out on the wing and he passed it Pierre and the really obvious ball was was just to pass it back to you doggy. That's exactly and, right. And Hoibo played that little round the corner ball to Perisic yes. and made Perisic play the little round the corner ball to Richie. And, Absolutely. And that's what teams have hassle dealing with because you put, you're putting that ball in tight spaces but you're all confident to receive it there. And... It gets their players turning in different directions and then you can't always keep an eye on everyone that's around you when you do that. When you're just playing around on the outer limits all the time, it's just easy to face that up. And um, it was it was such a, a beautiful goal. We'll probably talk about the goal, but it was a beautiful goal. No, no, goal talk to win now. It doesn't matter. You're, you're and, going with the moment. You're excited. And like about you said about Perisic, the other thing with Perisic, he's just basically now thought, per- just use Perisic as a round, uh, a round peg in a round hole. Just go out on the wing there, Perisic. Just keep knocking the balls in, keep knocking the balls in because he's a great crosser of the ball and he can do that and he's you know and you're not going to get you're not going to get many thoughts from Perisic either he's an experienced player he knows what he's doing but um yeah I can't argue with that I did think the subs were a bit late but that might have been more because I think like you said earlier Steph we it wasn't like a game where you thought oh the ball's just not going in where you've got endless and endless chances it was more like we were taking we were trying to create stuff and we were taking shots from far and I just thought maybe we needed to change it up and I think even Ange kind of said that himself with like you say I need to get more um Hoiberg plays more as maybe a centre-half, but it just allows us to get more people in the box than that because, I mean, at that point we were 1-0 down, so we've got to lie, we've got to go for it. I think the other thing, actually, that you talk about, kind of the bravery of the subs, um, when he brought on uh, Brennan Johnson, who I thought had a really good 20-odd yes. minutes when he came on, oh, you yeah. know, that the the goal that wasn't um, was was very, very close and it's a real glimpse of what we can expect, you know, particularly if we're playing yeah. against teams that leave space in behind. And he also had a decent assist um, 
uh, disallowed as well, didn't he? Where he had a cutback. So, yeah, I, yeah, I thought he well, was Well, when the good. Sheffield United but, defender threw himself in front of him and claimed yeah, a foul. That was, but, I didn't think that was a foul myself, but there but, we go. Um, but we moved, we, there's our first glimpse of seeing Decky at eight. So when yeah, Johnson came on, De- De- Decky yes. dropped back in. And I think, yeah. uh, again, it's something that I was talking about in the summer. And uh, I've wondered whether that might be an option we see against teams that sit back. And I suppose this is probably answering my own question from, you know, <laughs> you've just, the, the you've normal just saved time. Me. Normal you've just time. saved me praising you, actually. You've just saved me praising you. I was going to bring all this up and say that you've been uh, pointing out that this was an option, but but carry on. You've saved me from no, having it's... to do that. <laughs> wow, what um, a relief. <laughs> I just, I, I do, you know, if we talk, talk about you know, potential tactical changes, if we're yeah. going to have a team that clearly are going to sit back like that, then maybe you start um, Decky. Madison and Basuma yeah. as your as your midfield three, and you know Johnson or Solomon or Perisic, um, you know in one of those wide those wide positions and 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 play it play it like that. I think it might be worth trying. I do love the thought of 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 what he did though. Maybe flipping it a little earlier because imagine you've you've put all that the mental energy. And I was sitting with a Sheffield United supporter yesterday. Great great chat. Uh, hello, Chris Beresford. Um, uh, by the way, uh, and we were both. I was saying to him, I said, look, I think you're going to end up getting tired. Like the fatigue will, will surely count in the end here. And you throw on someone like Brennan Johnson, whose spe- speed was one thing. I'll tell you what impressed me with the goal that wasn't that touch, that yeah. first touch. Oh my word! And that finish. Uh, it has been said on the on the World Wide Web uh, since that it reminded some people of a certain other player in terms of the touch and finish. No one wants to put that pressure on him, but my word, a very exciting cameo, isn't it? I mean, he really does look like the the, the complete uh, a, a completely and, great option for us. I think the other thing you've got to bear in mind is the the first time he actually turned up at Hotspur away was Wednesday. Yeah, that's what you're saying on the post match. Yeah, he, he's been away on international duty, so. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's remarkable in that, you know, he's had, you know, a couple of days training ahead of that. Um, yeah, really impressive. Yeah, very impressive indeed. I think we've got, we've got a lot of, vari- I think I said last week, we've got a lot of variation of players in that front mm-hmm. five, six, seven or whatever players we've got. And that's a good thing. And, and Brent, and I think Johnson really does look as though he's got that, that kind of kick it past someone and beat them for pace or get yeah, them behind pace. And, definitely. And Alan, I suppose Solomon's slightly different, and he's a bit more of a jinky kind of fast runner. You know, cut. You know, take sharp cuts, sharp can, different kind of directions. Can I can I say something that Brendan Johnson did say actually to the uh, to the 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 you know the post Spurs program that they do, um, mm-hmm. which by the way I think is a good watch. I think they do a very good job. To be honest, they get the players in talking. It's, yeah, it's a I, lot like, of fun. I like it. I think, I think they think, do a good job. And- I, I think most of their. Um, media social media and online content yes. has been you know, massively improved over the last couple of seasons yeah. and yeah um yeah i, th- I think I, yeah i think I that, yeah, social media content this year has been great and and yeah. yeah i think they're listening to the fans or the people doing that side of it are listening to their fans so um i mean you know yeah. it's to, good stuff and no that's right i was just gonna say you know i think you know donna cullen gets loads of stick from everyone but it's, you know it's ultimately her area isn't it and it's and it's great this season yeah, I mean, it is good. I mean, Brennan Johnson said one thing that really struck me is that, you know, obviously we talked about he's only seen, you know, 48 hours or whatever with the players, but he said that he didn't feel he was crowded with information mm-hmm. in the tactical sense. I thought it was a very significant mm. uh, uh, sort of window into how these young players are being both treated and the responsibilities that they're being given. Um, it should have, it, it should have been a here lot. a year ago. Then he'd then really. Oh. <laughs> Exactly. I've oh, been here a year ago. He probably be. And actually, what it made me think of in a, in a sort of going off on a slight tangent, as I like to do, was P- 
perhaps there is going to be a renaissance of Ryan Sessegnon with a manager like this and an attitude like this and an approach like but, this but, and, a t- and a squad like this. I mean, it might well but, happen. But the only place that could happen is as a forward. He can't. He couldn't play as a fullback in this system because he's not no. a central. He can't play as a central midfielder. I, so, I mean, yeah. In so, general, though, we might see him develop at that, that attacking I, side. I, Who knows? I, just, I mean, I'm, I don't. It's, I'm I think the problem. I think the problem with that. It's your own fault. You shouldn't have brought it up. It's. Uh, mm. <laughs> I think the problem with that is that that area of the pitch is crowded. So you know, he'd be up against Solomon. He'd be up, up against Perisic. He'd be up against Sun. He'd be up against Hill. And, you know, you start looking at that and think, how many chances is he going to get? He'll be up against Johnson. You know, all of those are going to get picked above him, I think. Yeah, who knows? I'm just saying the potential this player's had is huge. He's obviously played under uh, psychological shackles ever since he came to us. And I'm just saying, who knows? There is there is a possibility. Don't disagree with any of that. I, I think, yeah. you know, if we were short there, I think it would make sense. Yeah. I, just, I think there's just too many players in front of him. Let's see. One thing I did want to bring up, because I just thought this was excellent and tells you everything you need to know about the man that Ricky and I actually stalked uh, last season, uh, as was we t- discussed on this pod. Decky was asked how he was going to celebrate uh, <laughs> his evening. And uh, the quote was great. Honestly, I haven't seen my dog for three weeks, so I'm going with my sister, my girlfriend and the dog, and we'll have a fantastic evening watching a movie, listening to music and enjoying life. What a lovely man. What a lovely chap. I mean, no, no stupid fucking nightclubs or any of that bullshit. He mentions that he hasn't seen his dog for three weeks. I mean, aside from the fucking wonderful finish and the stamina and the stats that he's put up as the player who's run the most in the league this season, when a man answers a question like that on live television, I'm all in. I am all in. <laughs> no, he had a good game. It was good. Yeah. He had a good game. It was a good goal. He took it really well. And yeah, it's um, again. It's yeah, another. He probably- he probably wouldn't have been in that position, would he, if he was still stuck out on right Correct. on the right wing? So no, I know, thought again. about that. The bravery of the subs and the tactical switch there. Yeah, I agree. But, yeah. but thinking back to like uh, the front three being the kind of slow starters in this Ange system, I meant uh, two of them scored goals Saturday again. So that's Richie with another one and Decky with another one. So Sun's got goals. So that's that's functioning. And and I think this is exactly. I think that's exactly what we need this season. You know, if we're going to, you know, if we're going to do anything then we need to, obviously we need to share the goals around because there's no one say son's probably the only one who could get 30 goals if he you know but you're not going to see that from anyone else but you know if some decky richie um you know maybe johnson madison you know if they can all get into into double figures you know 15 plus or you know yeah. around sorry 10 to 15 something like that and everyone else chips in with a you know two or three each then we're get into the figures that we need. And oh, I think that's I think that's evident I think, I think that's very doable. Yeah. And, yeah, and I mean the run rate's going well, isn't it, at the moment. Yeah. So Yeah, I mean look, Ricky, you you've brought his name up. He's obviously uh, a, a very important part of what happened this weekend. Uh Richie, uh he had a pretty torrid week uh in the public eye at any rate as well uh, from crying on the bench for Brazil last week which was spotlit. Um, you know, and he admitted that off field events have been affecting his mental health. Uh, I believe that there's some sort of business stuff that was going on in his world and he felt maybe a little bit betrayed. That's something we should research and read up on. I thought this was somewhat, I thought this was somewhat surprising though. Yeah. Usually with your agents been with you since you're really young, you've, you've got a good relationship there. So it's, yeah. it's reasonably strange that it's broken yeah. down. Yeah. Renato Velasco is, was his agent. So yeah, with him since he was a child. A, a reports out from Brazil saying that the issues have been going on for about a year and a half rather oh, okay. than the last few months that he's been talking about. So 
Um, I don't know. Maybe there's more to it's it. Weird maybe it's more to that. Because I did yeah. read that when he was at Watford and stuff. I think even this agent's wife and that used to um, used to go round to where the Brazilian players were and cook yes. dinner for them and all this kind of thing. Well, it's un- like, un- it's a really unfortunate, kind of lovely un- thing. But unfortunately, one of the uh, and one of the things I've always had the impression from with Richie, and I think we discussed this when he signed. We talked about the a couple of the documentaries we'd seen. We think it seems to be a very earnest person who really be- really believes in the family and friends circle he's very invested in that and he seems to be a very you know and i say simple i mean basic he's not complicated very honest guy um and so i could see that something like this would really have been an emotional tug but for you know precisely for the reasons you've said yes I thought it was very brave that he, but this is Richie, he wears his emotions on his sleeves. Yes, people absolutely. complain about it uh, one week and then they complain at the next that people do not. Uh, footballers don't ever say anything honest. So you can't have it both ways. I yeah. like honest Richie. I thought, so this is just the latest in him being honest. He said he was, mm. you know, seeking, going to seek psychological help. Um, uh, backs to the wall. He comes on. He scores what I think was an absolutely superb header. I mean, it's just that it's the sort of header that and and service. By the way, he got great service for that header, and you feel that he's going to be putting those away many more times this season if the service is up to it. And then a very very important role, you know, with with the winning goal. Um, so let's let's talk about Richie. Yeah, I mean, I think the goal is kind of secondary, isn't it? To kind of the you know, the release he must have felt and. You know, kind of in the perfect response to a really, really, you know, tough, tough week. And, you know, if reports in Brazil are correct, you know, a tough, tough months or, you know, year or more. Um, I think, you know, I think his comments that he made about, you know, seeking help were really brave yeah. and, you know, not enough footballers, you know, speak up about this kind of thing. And then, you know, I think the other thing is just, you know, Angie's comments in the, you know, pre and post-match press conferences were were absolutely perfect and you know not for the first time this season I was kind of thinking back to kind of re- other recent managers and thinking we're just so lucky to have him right now because no one we've had you know for some time would have been able to handle this you know, at least outwardly we don't know what's happened behind closed doors but you know outwardly we'll be able to handle, handle this as well as he has and you know, before before the game was supportive, after the game seemed quite happy to almost kind of vacate the stage and give credit to everyone else around. And um, yeah, just great, really great. And I'm I'm absolutely pumped for for Richie. There were photos after the game um, that I saw on Twitter of um, him leaving the stadium in his car, and I saw those. He, he was being mobbed. And yeah. look looked like he was really enjoying it. He he needs he needed that. I think he really needed that. And yeah, yeah, it was great. I did, oh, I, I did, I did want to send a note to him, Richie. Do up your passenger window because your backpack's sitting there, ripe for some moron to to lift it. <laughs> but no, I, it, was, it was lovely to see. No, it was great. What the manager said was just so, once again, so straightforward, so concise, and so understanding. Um, I mean, it's, it's, when you're when you're older, you do see things a lot differently with life yes. experience than the lived experience. And sometimes you do have to kind of remember with the younger players uh, is when you're young, you just feel invincible and a bit bulletproof, don't you? And so you, so you have to you have to take that on board that you when you're older, you just see things in a lot more of a kind of analysed way. And um, but any help, you know, any help the club can give Richie is, is, is welcome. I'm sure we've got those people in place. That's what yeah. Ange says. But um, but the, the, the cards just felt lovely for Richie Saturday after the week. He's had he kind of... Um, you know, he got he got dealt pocket aces on Saturday, I think, when he's been having a bit of a bum. <laughs> he, he, he's been getting a bit of a bum deal for the last 
few weeks so um that was so yeah. so sweet for him and like you say Rog, it's almost uh, like you say milo it's almost like um is that a little ange effect again somehow just makes things all kind of turn out rosy well i think yeah first of all one of the things that i noticed right after he scored that goal he was not invested in the moment of self uh sort of uh relief or whatever he was invested in the team he's like let's go let's go he's like he's running back towards the center circle celebrating and everyone's there wonderful uh um i know you know at the end of the game as you said milo uh, and this is not i did not say milo said this was very right you know sonny's pushing him to uh, you know to receive the plaudits the part lane at the end of the game. I mean, the team spirit is great. I do want to touch on something. I want to quote what Ange said before the game when he was asked about this stuff. And I just think this is such a, such a brilliant quote. And it tells you everything about how this man uh, thinks and deals with these situations and how I think it should be done. He said, I don't think anybody doesn't understand it, but I just think we choose to ignore it. And he's talking about mental health in football. He is a footballer, quote. He has money. So what has he got to complain about, end quote? But of course he does. A footballer also has to understand that perfection doesn't exist in life. And there are plenty of people who we would assume to have all the advantages in life, but who are fairly unhappy. It doesn't exist. And it is a matter for where the most part people understand and are empathetic. But sometimes we choose to ignore it. And look, I think the point he's making is that everyone looks at footballers and thinks, you know, you've got it all like, yeah. you know, but and he's and he finishes, you know, not because it makes a better story, but because it makes a more impactful scenario. That quote, fantastic footballer has problems. Well, all footballers do and, and, and we all do. And he's just saying everyone has problems, whether you're a footballer or not. And and that's always the kind of meathead comment, isn't it? You see online mm. saying, you know, they how can they be unhappy? They're, they're rich, you know, they're yeah. rich. Or, you know, when people are criticizing their performance, I can say what they want because they're paid, you know, a million, you know, a month or whatever it is, you know. Yeah. And it's... It's bullshit. And, you know, we, you only have to look back at, you know, that Delhi interview that, you know, it was only, Ugh, you, know, yeah. you know, weeks ago, only weeks ago. Yeah. And, you know, he wasn't able to talk about this kind of stuff. He wasn't able to admit this to his, even his closest friends. And, you know, one of his closest friends was the person who was pushing Richie towards the park lane to take the plaudits. And, yeah. you know, I think this leadership group, as much as Ange, you know, are, are behind this and, yeah, it's just great. You know, I think on the pitch at the moment, on the pitch, there's there's nothing I don't love about this club at the moment. It's just, no, no, it's, I agree. It's, just, I... it's it's everything that I, I I would have wanted. If you if you give me a blank sheet of paper and ask me to write out my kind of my yeah, wildest yeah. football fantasy, it would be this pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, look, to Angie's humility as well, which I think is a massive part of the success he's having with us uh, and, and maybe has had all through his career. Maybe it's his humility. He he knows what he's not. And, he's, and he freely says he's not a mental health professional. There are people at the club who are in a far better place to do that. But significantly, he also seems to have placed a tremendous trust in that leadership and that dressing room yeah. just by saying the dressing room is theirs. It's not my place to go. So when Richie comes back, he'll talk to, you know, there's people in the dressing room he'll talk to about this. I don't need to ask him about it and necessarily. I just need to give him the tools or make sure the tools are available for him to enjoy his football. And I loved what he said afterwards, which was, I hope that for Richie, he can see that, you know, you, you can you can leave your problems behind if, if you, at times as well, you know, that don't, you know, you don't have to drag it through your entire life. Um, uh, you know, he, he, he just has a very, very holistic yeah. 
politically smart approach. And as you said, Ricky, maybe at 58, that's wisdom speaking. Yeah, I think I think when you're old, I think when you're older, sometimes you you just you, you learn to roll with the punches. Sometimes when you need to, you yeah. you learn to sort of just see things for what they actually are. I think things can just be more complicated when you're yeah. twenty something year old, and and, yeah. and and it is, and that is experience in progress, isn't it? You learn these things, and then hopefully, but unfortunately, like you're saying, Milo, even some of the older people don't seem to sort of have come and- out of that side of it. You know what I mean? It's right. I think also slightly you know, annoying. <laughs> we were talking about this before we came on, weren't we? I think the path that Andrew's taken. I think there's two things yeah. to this. Firstly, he's arrived in the Premier League fully formed, and a lot of that formation has happened away from the eyes of English fans. You know, a lot of English fans don't really watch other leagues, let alone the you know the Scottish Premiership or or the J League or or the mm. A League in Australia. So that they're you know most people were kind of largely ignorant of him, and he's come there you know, with that experience and that maturity. And I think also, you know, you say about kind of rolling the punches, a lot of that comes from kind of ups and downs in your own life. Yeah. And, you know, the path he's taken, there will have been ups and downs along that way. You know, we know that um, you know, very early in his career where, he, you know, he, he was in the wilderness for a while, you know, he had to try and, you know, t- took a job in Greece and had to try and find his way back. You know, he, he's had those, 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 points in his career you know he had to fight you know he went to the j league he went to scotland to try and get a job in europe he, he was trying to get a job in europe before that and no one would touch him because of his background so you know he, he's had all of that he, he comes with that kind of experience and i think we're lucky because you know a younger manager you know straight out of the game if there'd been a kind of you know top level professional footballer in the premier league or somewhere else they probably haven't had those kind of experiences or if they have you know they've been injured for a while and you know they don't have that life experience they don't have that kind of background and i, I think it's that that we're seeing and we're just again we're just so lucky yeah i think a lot of because a lot of angie's progress that he's had to sort of create himself is it's been an upward slope isn't it it's such a mm. i mean he said himself coming from australia you've the bottom line is i think you've got he said either 12 or 16 jobs in australia that's all you've got because that's all the teams there are in the sense of the a-league so you're, you're kind of limited from that you know if you want to force your way into that market that's tough in the first place and then you're thinking well i'm just in the australian league i mean how as you say milo how recognized is that and then he goes to japan and then and he's he's, he's taking all those steps he was working in a bank yeah, he's having to work in a bank while he, when he started off. You know, they're just completely different experience. And I think it just makes him a more rounded person, a I better person. That. Yeah, and you can see the benefits of this sort of refreshed psychological approach within the club. You know, it's 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 you can see that the, the side is, um, for me, the only pressure they're under is to enjoy the, their football and, 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 and to be brave on the ball. And what a difference you know for for anyone playing at the club and and the fact that he felt that it was so important to quietly clean out the last regime uh so as he could instill this 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 from from day one it's like you said you know i want i want my team to play the kind of football we grew up wanting to play well yeah perfect yeah, yeah. i think perfect it's quite indeed i mean it's quite clear they're playing with open minds and playing with kind of clarity yeah. and and without fear and i think all of that is down to the manager no one else yes. is doing that. I think he's kind of pushed that that kind of pendulum. You, you, I mean, this is us and the players. I mean, the players that were there for the other regimes. I think he's pushed that kind of pendulum in your head between light yeah. and dark, I mean, well, well over to the light side, basically. Yeah, you know well, because I mean? the players are significantly not afraid of making a mistake. 
you, there's no fear of that. You know, they know if mm. they try something, if it's in, in the spirit of playing football in the way that we want to play it, they're not, they're not going to get anything but a pass from the manager. They won't, you mm. know, and, and that's so mm. different to what they, this club has been about for the last four years. And mm. anyway, I'm sure we'll be touching on all of this a lot more and I'll avoid <laughs> comparisons. We'll get into that, as you said, Milo, when there's a slower time, we can talk about comparative managers over the years and have our confessionals and so on and so forth. But anyway... <laughs> Should we just say, I mean, is coming back in extra time the best feeling in football? It's a simple enough question. Is it the best? Yes. Yes, yes. it's got to be up there, definitely. Yes, it is, isn't it? It's just you know, who doesn't love a last minute a last minute goal? And who doesn't? Yeah, and I, I was kind of, I shared it with you, didn't I? I tweeted out on the pod account, you know, the Ange quote from when he was at Celtic. They say, just get into your heads. We never stop. We never stop. Yeah. We stop at half time. We stop at the end of the game when we are celebrating. But during the game, we do not stop. The opposition wants to stop. That's good for us. We'll fucking take advantage of it. And that's what <laughs> happened yesterday. Yeah. That's what happened. We didn't they, stop. They- and after that first goal... I don't know about you guys. After that first goal, I was certain we were going to get a second because we were fucking relentless. Yes, I agree. As as, as my old friends in Metallica say, uh, we'll never stop, we'll never quit because we're, they say Metallica, but I'll say we're Tottenham. <laughs> Very good. But, well, we've sort of touched on what we thought of Sheffield United, yeah. so I think we should leave that. Uh, I, I mean, closing thoughts, one positive and one negative uh, in 30 seconds. Uh, and I'll be adding time on if you <laughs> giving out cards, whatever. Anyway, go on. Who wants to take this one? Go on, Milo. Uh, positive. So I have to I mean, steal just, yours, uh, don't I? So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you go first. Uh, <laughs> positive say everything. That. Just... Just you know, we're we're just kind of good vibes FC at the moment, aren't we? And um, yeah. yeah, I'm just so pumped about everything. And uh, even negatives. I mean, you know, okay, we struggled. We didn't struggle even. You know, we were creating really good chances, and on another day we score. But yeah, I suppose maybe having to rely on added time. But we were great, and I, I, I was confident. I was confident we all the way through. We, love a, we just said we love a late goal more than anything else yeah. in football. Yeah. That you can't even dig a negative out, and I don't blame you. Um, Go on then. Steal what you want from that, Ricky. (laughs) (laughs) My positive is, um, I think, I think wins like that and the way it comes about is really hard to quantify. The kind of regarding the boost it gives you, confidence and belief-wise, because sometimes a win's a win, but a win at the last minute really does sometimes do great things. And that, I mean, I haven't really got negative, but what I would like to say is, um, (laughs) if um, any. if any was that were there any beat the traffic people last night because i want them to uh on saturday because i want them to contact us on our um it, twitter account and say it, it looked pretty busy in there to me but it did but there's got to be some beat the traffic people and they, and, and shame I, on them That's what i think I there say. was cer- i think there was certainly a few in the away end from about 70 yeah. uh, sorry what the 90 98th minute uh, yeah but you do i mean you have to recalibrate these days if you want to beat the traffic because like you could get an extra 15 20 minutes on the end of a game if you go days, to so. football thinking about beating the traffic i'm sorry i'm going to be judgmental here and i'm going to say you've got it wrong yeah. come on <laughs> never, i mean never. you don't you can't like, i've never really. ever left early even if we were no absolutely not sheffield united the same, Which and you've, I've told you all my fa- my Emirates story. Four two down makes yeah. Well, do we know that? And you know, you don't yeah. leave. I, I haven't got a negative. I really don't. And by positive, uh, the the positive I have is I mean it's all all that you both said. But I there was a picture 
that was sent on the internet and it shows the celebration or a portion of the celebration from the from the part lane with everyone running and and the comment and i and i think sorry forgive me whoever posted this picture i should be giving you some credit but i'm not but anyone who sees this picture will see that person's name they had put down no phones in this picture someone else copied it and said one phone in this picture i couldn't be bothered to play where's where's waldo with it but it is about six thousand people in this photo going absolutely insane with delight and not one phone couple that with the old school eternal new way old way tottenham way of playing and the attitude around the club and the lack of technology in that photograph that to me is is glory 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 Great. all the fucking way yeah. Right, all right. the way and that, and the south stand photograph so well doesn't it because the, t- the the rows just yeah. go up and up and up and you can get so many people in those photos right should we get on to the the week that was yes let's do that yeah it's award time to start with so Ange postacoglu has been named premier league manager of the month and james madison has won player of the month both for august so richly deserved nice to see the voting public get it right for once <laughs> and uh, and then Ange has also been shortlisted for the best FIFA men's coach for 2023. Ange is nominated alongside Pep Guardiola, Simeone Inzaghi, Luciano Spalletti and Xavi Hernandez. Oh, so blimey. Uh, the prize is awarded to the best coach in the men's game. So between the dates of 19th December 2022 and 20th of August 23. So I think Weird. there might be a Spurs <laughs> game in there somewhere. But so during this period, Ange has lost just two competitive managers, ma- matches, managers, com- two competitive matches, winning 26 and drawing 23. I saw something this weekend. I think his unbeaten run at home stretches yeah. all the way back to his time in Japan. It's just unreal. Yeah. Anyway, voting is open on the FIFA website so I'd encourage you all to get voting and it runs until the 6th of October and then the results are announced in the new year so Ange will be off is to that buy so a new FIFA t- Is that so FIFA can take uh, some envelopes in the time you probably you should cut that actually that was me just making a stupid pun A witticism FIFA. A witticism Yeah cut it I'll, who knows they'll probably sue me anyway Well <laughs> You're not going to get much if they take you for every dime, are they? No, they certainly aren't. No, they are, you, you, you know my finances well. Anyway. Right then, guys. Premier League squad list. The Premier League squad list was submitted on Wednesday. There were no real surprises because we were under the limits for non-homegrown players, meaning that Hugo and Eric Dyer were included. Is that you cheering, Steph? Ah, you know, I'm, I'm glad. Yeah, a little bit of respect, but, you know, his time Dyer- has come and gone. Well, it's not completely gone because Dyer was on the bench for yesterday's game. Forster was still preferred to Loris. Do you think this will continue? Yes, quite frankly, I do. And fair enough. Yeah, I think it it probably will as well. I think... um... I just think Larissa's ability with his feet, you know, Forster is, is fine, but, you know, he's better with his feet. I don't think there's much between them shot stopping anymore. And I think Forster's a bit better, more comfortable with the ball at his feet. And I think that, that's the difference, really. I think if, if we would, I think the, the only time that Larissa might come into play is if you're down to your third choice keeper and it's whether he gets picked above Austin to, to be on the bench if, you know, anything happened to Ficario, God forbid. Yeah, yeah. And, right then. you know, I, I think if you look at that squad list, so the only person who missed out was Brooklyn Lions Forster. Um, I think it who, was, yeah, because it was, it was basically a numbers game, wasn't it? And we didn't really have, we had the space to put them in. So yeah. why not? Because realistically, not a lot's probably going to happen. You've got five keepers on that list. So I don't think Loris is probably going to get a game. Yeah, so. I mean, and you've got, so the under 21 list is 28 players long. Yeah. So 
you know, there's plenty of players in all those positions there. I think the only one you could probably argue with is Alfie Whiteman's been included, who's got an injury and out for the season. So maybe Lance Forster might have been, you know, yeah. better choice than him. But I mean, you know, if we're quibbling over over that, you know, someone who's never made an appearance for the first team and, you know, probably isn't going to be at the club for too much longer, I wouldn't have thought. Um, yeah, it's pretty... I'm pretty not good. I'm not quibbling. I like this. It's been a quibble-free episode so far. Yeah. Yeah, quibbling for me. Right, let's have an argument about the stadium, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> So the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, that grand old stadium. A couple of very brief ones on the stadium. Our deal to host NFL games has been extended until 29-30 season. And it's been named the best venue by Mondo Stadia. Not another award. <laughs> I, suppose we, I, I suppose there is one reason to have a trophy cabinet. We've got hundreds of awards for the stadium. At the 2023 World Football Summit. And I think we're now the official home of the NFL in the UK now. I think that was a little added... Um, bonus for the new deal yeah so that's good news why wouldn't it be good news richly deserved yes i agree um i came across this story earlier in the week and we all agreed that it was well worth putting in it revolves around stephen colker um the guardian published a story on tuesday about an initiative called behind the white lines that was set up by our former player centre-back stephen colker um he was recognized as a very gifted rugged defender he became an england international briefly he did switch to sierra leone in the end he only played 18 times for us, which blew me away and i i am going to read his his clubs because i think it's significant uh he had a career which saw him at yeovil bristol city swansea city cardiff qpr southampton liverpool dundee alan aspore finabache gaziente Faith Karagurumuk and finally Wigan um, apologies to any of those clubs whose names I've butchered uh, it was in June 2017 though that Colker gave a brave and heartbreaking interview where he opened up on problems with alcohol and a gambling addiction and he said the damage to his football career uh, through these things had led him to consider suicide so what a great thing he's doing here because behind mm. the white lines helps academy players who are released um you know from from their clubs it helps them you know deal with it um it's the first ever aftercare academy run by professionals for professionals and they offer a range of programs which give players the opportunity to play regular fixtures train five days a week and in the meantime earn vital qualifications and if they've been if you've been released as a youth from a professional academy and unsure on your next steps our academy has all the answers i'm going to read their website in case you do know of anyone who's been in that position behind the white lines.com um i think we'd all agree it's a fantastic initiative mm. to see and well done stephen Corker for, for taking this on and, and helping push it because it's really important these kids this must got to be crushing right crushing and there's a resource now yeah, I mean, I, I it, when I was reading about this, it brought back memories of a. Uh, it was a column by David James. I think it was in the Observer. We're going yeah. back years. We're going back years and years ago now, where he was talking. He was at Portsmouth at the time, and he was talking about the Portsmouth Academy, which I think had about three hundred kids in it at that point. Yeah, and there wasn't there wasn't a single player in the first team who came through the academy at Portsmouth. And he was talking about these kids who are going into the academy. Quite often, they neglect their studies because they all dream about being a professional footballer and entirely focused on that. And then at the end of that period, you know, there's, there's a, you know, some of them might have careers, you know, you know, might go on and play at quite a high level. Most of them, you know, are looking probably in the lower leagues around there. Some of them never get picked up by a club and then you know, have to go out and find, you know, find a job. And, and it, it's shattering, you know, shattering, life shattering for some of these kids when this happens. And, yeah. you know, I remember I, that I, column. Yeah. I, I'd hope that things are a little bit better now, but there's still going to be players. You know, fall through the cracks, and and you know anyone who's who's you know, dreamt of coming through a club and then is let go, it's it's going to be 
soul destroying, isn't it? Yeah. And let's I mean let's not forget what this probably does for Stephen himself, you know what I mean, when it comes to satisfaction yes. and yeah. and just giving back and he probably he feel you know, that's what he's probably been helped during his troubles yeah. and there's nothing better than you know it's cathartic for him really to yeah. be able to I, I agree. Uh, so once again, folks, if you didn't read this story, look, let us direct you to it. It's on The Guardian. It was from September 12th. And if you want to know a little more about it, look at uh, the the organization behindthewhitelines.com. Uh, well worth it. Uh, well worth it. Yeah, we love, love to see this stuff. Um, well, I suppose before we go, we should... Uh, well, let's just have a quick chat about next weekend's North London Derby. What else is there to say other than bring it on? We, you know, we know we're going to go there and play football. Exactly. What a pleasure. Yeah, ex- exactly that. You know, I think, well, it, it just feels great that we're going to go there and give it a go rather than sit back, you know, for 90 minutes, yeah. wait, you know, trying to soak it up and, and, and waiting for them to score. Um, I think we might surprise them. I, I think I watched them against against Everton this afternoon and – you know, not dissimilar in terms of, you know, how Everton were playing as opposed to how Sheffield United were playing yesterday. Mm. And I thought they made quite heavy, the goal was quite good, but I thought they made quite heavy weather of it. And, um, yeah. yeah, I don't, I think, I mean, I don't, I don't think they look as on point as they were last year so mm. far, but I mean, they've got the same record as we have, I think, if they won four, drawn mm-hmm. one, that's I right. Think. So, yeah. so they're still getting the results, but, um, I've got a feeling it's got a real good chance to be a really entertaining game next week because, yes. as you say, we're going to give it a go and it's our first examination against a team that, yeah, half sensible, they know what they're doing, really. Um, so it, it could be so, but, the way we're going to play at least gives us a chance to win. I think. That's and, the and isn't thing. it? And isn't it great that we're able to say that about <clears throat> the North London derby, Liverpool, Sheffield United at home, Brentford away, mm. whoever we play, we're playing the way Tottenham Hotspur plays. We're not like you know. There doesn't have to be this big sort of like psych out into the fact no. we're playing the North London derby. We're just playing with such be- with belief and with a conviction in our style. What, what a great thing! What a great thing! So yeah. Bring it on, right? Bring it on. They're the best team we've faced so far under Ange, aren't they? So it's, it's going to be yeah. it's going to be a real challenge. And I think, you know, I'd always felt that this Sheffield United game was the one that was going to be tricky for us out of these opening fixtures. It was the one that, yeah, other than Brentford, it was the one that I thought was potentially you know tricky for us, and it wasn't a great match for us stylistically. Arsenal, are, you know, yeah, they're the second best team in the league, aren't they? Really, mm-hmm. over the yeah, yeah, yeah over the last over the last year, and. Yeah, you know, it's going to be a real test for us. And but I'm I'm yeah. I'm going into these games enjoying this test and looking you know exactly. looking to That's... see where we've cut where we've come you know and and isn't that you, the point? And yeah. we know we, we know we've got further to go. We know that we we're going to improve. Yes. So you know even if we lose next weekend, then it's not just, as long as we play well and we we you know, we we you know you can see progress. It's not the end of the world. But I think we could surprise them. Yeah. Uh, I yeah you've said it all. Nothing more to add from me, Ricky. No, I think, and it's good we've got some a good amount of po- uh, points in the bank already. So because we are going to have these harder games, I mean, I think we, I think it's Arsenal and Liverpool, isn't it? So yeah, it is, yeah. two examinations going on there. I mean, if Andrew wins both of them, he could be um, up for the old September award as well. I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he's already, as we've all established, and uh, thankfully seem to be establishing week after week. He's already won uh, the most important award he could possibly win, which is the faith of the Tottenham Hotspur. Mm. Uh, supporters uh, we're, we're all on board and we're all loving it and we're all in 
enjoying it. And I do have to close out with that uh, question. He was asked again uh, by, uh, I, th- I think it was, I think it was by Ali Gold actually who asked him, you know, about managing, fa- should fans manage your expectations? Mm. Just said, why? Why would you? Why would you but, manage your expectations? Go with it. Enjoy it. Like, have fun with yeah, it. Yeah, that push, was great. I love that it. answer. What, what a great answer. So, it was. Did we just it's said just, it so matter yeah. of fact. Like, why would you temper your yeah. expectations? This is football. Enjoy it. That was on Spurs Thank Play. You. That was on Spurs Play. Another yeah, no, so another thumbs up for Spurs Play, right? I mean, yeah. Great. But thank you, Edge. I mean, thank you. You know, I finally managed to, uh, you know, finally managed to put my my long love in his rightful place, which is it was nice when we had it, but don't mate, ruin it. Don't ruin it by mentioning exes. Don't go there. No, no. But mate, we have it. But my new, my new. Uh, my new love is the one that is reigning supreme right now. Like us all. Like us all. Anyway, that was fun. Bloody hell. We had a good time. So good. I might actually break into song again. That was everyone's cue to say, see you next week. I thought, yeah. you, I thought you'd be in on that like a well, well, when you said you was, When you said you was going to close it out, I thought it was the rest of that song. So... Um... At least it was. No, no, no. I, I've got more respect for the Beatles than to continue with my absolute butchery of their masterpiece. But anyway, all right, chaps. Uh, thank you very much. We Just will, a- uh, everyone, be back. Yeah, thank you. We'll be back next weekend to discuss the first North London derby of the season. See you next week.